So welcome to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. You're here with Kramer and Jake, and we've got some uh, interesting news to release to you guys today, including uh, my article, which is DSCVR, which is a Web3 social network built entirely on the blockchain, announced a $9 million seed fundraise this past Monday, which was led by Polychain Capital. Uh, other investors included Upfront Ventures, Tomahawk TC, Firefly Venture Partners, Shima Capital, and BDMI. So DSCVR is a Web3 social platform with kind of crypto-native integrations that provide rewards to users for great content, uh, amongst other things. The platform is built entirely on the internet computer, which apparently is a blockchain-based decentralized protocol led by the computer software company Definity which this is the first time I've ever heard of that. But after reading into it, it sounds pretty freaking cool. So Definity was founded back in 2016 and has kind of been developing their own public blockchain network protocol ever since. Um, but either way, DSCVR currently boasts around 40,000 users and has seen exponential growth in the last few years. And one of the main guys from Upfront Ventures mentioned that the team truly understands how to build and develop social media communities and how to scale a Web3 platform. It is, it is rare to see both skills in the same company. So basically what they're trying to do is build one of the many needed bridges from Web2 apps to Web3, uh, believing that introducing NFTs in the blockchain into kind of Web2 era apps will lead to more knowledge around the space. Basically, you know, they're trying to decrease the amount of friction it takes from moving a Web 2 person into Web 3, whereas we've talked about on the podcast before, you know, you need to set up your own wallet. You typically need to buy an NFT or buy something off the bat to gain access to these, you know, marketplaces or sites. But with here, it looks like with DSCVR, they have their own wallet system on chain on the, you know, um, what was it called again? The Internet of Compute. What was that? I forget what it was. Yeah, it was a confusing phrase. It's their blockchain name, like Internet Computer. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why, like, I thought I would have seen that somewhere before, and it might be, you know, negligence on my part, but it just seems like a very interesting thing. I haven't really heard about, you know, social media being brought over to blockchain or Web3 yet. Um, what did you think about this, though? Yeah, so... I guess if we take the social media aspect, because I think the wallet stuff you talked about is, is very relevant, but if we just look at this as a social media company, um, you know, uh, crypto people like, I think Discord's kind of the main go-to right now for organizing communities. And you get a lot of people that are just uncomfortable because they feel like the information isn't private and you get a lot of spam. And also, you know, they, you know, yeah. It makes sense that someone want to build a social media company, but so from a community aspect, it makes sense. But from a social media aspect, most social media, like the biggest winners in social media are like TikTok and Instagram, which are increasingly going towards, like it's not a way to keep up with your friends. It's a way to find entertainment. It's curated content uh, that is professionally produced. It is like all those, the, the big influencers that you followed with the funny videos, they spend a lot of time producing those things. Uh, and so, you know, if you're trying to build a replacement for like Instagram or TikTok, like that's what you need. You need people that are willing to put in time and effort to bring, produce content over. But if you're trying to build 
you know, a community that makes entry easier. So to your earlier point about um, high barriers to entry, because a lot of people, you know, they don't want to go through the whole process. Um, maybe they just want to screw around with NFTs. And so this makes it easier to, if NFTs can, you know, continue to take off and gain broader mass appeal, um, and then you pair that with an easy way to manage your NFTs and to be in a community that's centered around those NFTs, I think this, this could work. But I don't think you're going to dethrone the content platforms because that's, I, I just, I see that as much more difficult. Yeah, no, and I think they're definitely, you know, starting off with the more niche groups or communities because they have these things, like basically their whole premise is you can receive NFT airdrops directly to the wallet connected to the internet of computer, the internet computer. And then like a gold outline around your PFP means you actually own it. And then if you own certain NFTs, then you gain access to these portals, which are like, you know, subgroups. It's basically like any discord, you know what I mean? But more social media. Like I looked at the, I looked at the website earlier and it reminds me a lot of like Facebook or Instagram or something like yeah. that. But obviously there's a lot to build, but um, you know, they're just in the early stages with this being the uh, seed fundraise. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, look back in three, five years and see what came of, you know, the social media and the web three space. Yeah. Cause uh Ultimately, when you talk, you know, you're talking scale, social media with billions of users, that's, that's the dream. And if um, I think, I think the, you know, if someone can figure that out, how to, you know, when you talk scale to center around a social media uh, company or app, um, that would be huge. But yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because it's social media nowadays, like I was saying earlier, it's just, it's less about staying in touch with people and more about entertainment but um so 100 percent. i don't know we'll see um cool well uh like you said we'll keep an eye on it but um i did have something a recent development in the saga of bankruptcies that is unfortunately rolling through crypto uh markets as many people may know uh right now celsius is proceeding through their bankruptcy filings. Um, and a recent issue that's come to light is that uh, they took a $840 million loan from Tether, who is probably the biggest stablecoin issuer uh, in the world currently. Uh, Tether, by the way, recently regained their peg after losing it slightly but persistently for the last few months. Uh, but they're back to one for one. Um, to go back to their loan, uh, they had lent Celsius $840 million. It was 130% uh, collateralized with Bitcoin. And when prices started to drop and Celsius couldn't post more collateral, uh, Tether liquidated the Bitcoin and recovered any potential losses. And eventually it resulted in a $100 million loss for Celsius. But that was kind of considered maybe the end of it. That was right before the bankruptcy proceeded. And the thing is, it was so close to the bankruptcy that it's it's kind of fair game if you're going by existing bankruptcy rules. Uh, there's kind of this 90-day rule where anything that happens within 90 days before bankruptcy is, you know, you're not exactly out just because you, you got your business done right before somebody uh, declared bankruptcy. Um, so I don't want to go too far into the weeds, but there's an issue now on whether uh, – see, Tether is considered a secured creditor. They lent money. Their collateral they took uh, – they were able to sell and recover because they were uh, a secured creditor. Uh, but now there's 
they're thinking maybe they're not because all these people, all these retail investors who might be shit out of luck because Celsius is going bankrupt, um, they're unsecured creditors, which means they just got to hope that there's enough money left behind for them to make up their losses. And because of existing bankruptcy rules and really just the fact that a lot of these rules have not been rewritten to accommodate digital assets, uh, that $840 million is probably in the crosshairs for these bankruptcy lawyers who are representing these retail clients who are unsecured creditors, and they might claw that money back. And the reason is because of a bit of an obscure rule that uh, says, and I'm sorry, I have to get this. So the Uniform Commercial Code, followed by almost all U.S. states, labels mediums of exchange that are recognized by foreign governments as physical money over which security, which is the big thing Tether needs, security can only be perfected by physical possession, which is you can't physically possess digital currency, um, you know, there might be some semantics here. What this means is that because President Nayib Bukel in El Salvador said, Bitcoin is now money, it's a medium of exchange, that triggers a law in the United States, which says that you can only be, uh, your collateral can only be truly yours um, if, it's, uh, if it's perfected. And Tether might not meet that threshold. And so in a way, uh, now, uh, Tether might be on the hook to return the $840 million because, well, frankly, the silk is just the wild west of laws and uh, regulations. So just I thought this was kind of an interesting thing that pulls together a few of the stories we've been talking about. And it's, it's, uh, it's just a giant web right now. Of, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And we've talked about Celsius a bit before. So, I mean, while you were just talking there, what I was just thinking of is, you know, Tether probably knew that this was going to be triggered and this was going to happen, but it's definitely smarter to recoup what you can immediately and then deal with the fallout afterwards rather than the other side of the coin. So I don't blame them at all there. Um, I did like a a little quote in the article and I'm sure it's from some lawyer on one of the sides, but if you have somebody who's not going to recover in full, you're going to have a motivated creditor body who's going to want to look at that tether transaction. So, you know, if you have, like you were saying, if you have a bunch of retail investors, you know, million, two million people that lost thousands, they're going to, the United States is going to care more about that than one institution recouping, you know what I mean? Properly their loan and their loan agreement. Is that, am I getting that right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think uh, to your point, it's like bankruptcy. It's all just lawyers trying to fight over, you know, whatever they can get away with. That's their Mm -hmm. job. But uh, now while the rules have changed, they're not retroactive and they're actually not passed yet. But uh, again, the central issue here is did Tether have physical possession of the Bitcoin that was collateral? And honestly, that that's a very that I think going to be the main argument is even if you like, can you physically possess Bitcoin? Like, could you is like possessing the hard drive that maybe it's on some cold storage is that physical possession? Is it impossible to physically possess a digital asset? Um, Quick that's question. Kind of, yeah. So in that same vein, couldn't Tether say that they were obviously in possession of the Bitcoin because they were able to liquidate the collateral? Like well, cash? they had 
That's so, why I'm confused. Like, was it an intermediary that, you know, was the middleman or what? I don't really understand how this works, truly. Well, so so they had access. Like, they, you know, they had the Bitcoin. They had possession. But the existing rules that were written before digital assets were a thing, really. Like uh, in your hands. Yes, physical. Because remember, you can – dollars. You can uh, – you can own dollars. You can have possession of dollars, but they might not be physically in hand. Um, mm-hmm. And so because El Salvador allows this uh, Bitcoin as a medium of exchange, the existing rules say in order for collateral to qualify as perfect, which in this case means that it's yours and you're protected from bankruptcy in this case, in order for that to be the case, you need to physically possess it. And since the collateral is Bitcoin, this now becomes a question of, well, yes, they they owned it, they possessed it, but did they physically possess it? Yeah, what are the chances that uh, the El Salvadorian president knew what would play <laughs> out just because of him doing that? I'm putting it at like 5%. Uh, um, honestly, he has so much aspiration to, like, remember he was advertising that there would be a Bitcoin city that was, like, yep. constructed in the hills based on, like, I, I don't know, a bill- multi-billion dollar Bitcoin loan. Like, And they would be mining-based, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I doubt that he was playing some long game to screw Tether over. Um that's pretty conspiracy theorish, but I know that might be a little more to your alley. You know me. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Man, definitely, definitely interesting, though. It'll be, uh, I mean, I'm sure that this isn't going to play out quickly, which really sucks for, you know, the little guys, but mm-hmm. that's the issue when you... Well, the, I guess the potential now is not just what happens with the bankruptcy and whether Celsius can recover, whether the unsecured creditors, the retail and investors... Of Celsius can recover a pool of money that will refill the hole in the balance sheet. There's another question that if that happens, Tether now may have to forfeit 840 million. And while that would turn them into unsecured creditors, they might claim some of that back. But either way, there's a chance that Tether could just be see millions of dollars leave its own balance sheet. And that begs the question: What does that mean for a stablecoin that tries to be fully backed? Um, so, so you know, especially, yeah. What was UST? What was UST's largest market cap? Do you know that offhand? I thought it was right around sixty billion. It's sixty-six billion as of the article of yesterday. So, um, so that's tether. Yeah. But what? What? What is? Remember UST, like the Terra stablecoin. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I mixed that up. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, you're good. I mean, it's literally one letter difference. But my question <laughs> is because, like, obviously it could depeg, but it's worth noting that, you know, USDT, while it's been, it lost its peg, it's never been below 99 cents in the past right. year. So while it's been Ooh, trading right. at a little bit of a discount for the last couple of months, it's not like it's at 57 cents or 13 cents. Right. And the reason that, you're right. There's probably limited downside because UST Terra, you know, that unwound because the algorithm. Yeah. I mean, one of, <laughs> yes, like it unwound because it, it just, the, the system fed onto itself and there was no, there weren't enough assets to actually, like with USDT, you can, like, they'll honor swaps. So they'll honor, like, if you want to swap a thousand dollars, thousand USDT for a thousand dollars, like they maintain the backing to make that happen, and that provides the confidence that like 
UST didn't have. So, you know, hypothetically, if a $66 billion stablecoin like Tether lost $840 million, it's a little over 1% of their assets, but they still have billions of dollars on hand that I would expect would would limit the downside if it did depeg. Right. No, definitely. Cool. I just wanted to hash that over with you. No, yeah, it's a good point because not, as we've come to learn, not all stable coins are built the same. So They are not the same. No, no they are not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, another interesting story to follow. Maybe we'll touch base. Maybe Tether will collapse tomorrow. And, um, yeah, we can talk about that. But um, otherwise, uh, it seems like Celsius is still has a lot to work through. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, thanks for having on today, bud. Uh, two pretty oh, good yeah. stories. Definitely, definitely, without a doubt. Um, yeah, this is another episode of Daybreak Crypto, and I think we're coming back to you all on Friday to end the week. Have a good one.